When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This fan base is amazing. The city of Cincinnati is amazing, and I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Desmond fakes a handoff right to the right. He's got all sorts of room to the 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Bearcats finally get a proof of concept win. And it may have been very ugly. It may have been very ugly, but there was a lot of good things in this game. There was a lot of bad things. There was a lot of credit to Cincinnati, a lot of credit to BYU, and a lot of bad credit to both teams too. There is a ton to talk about for this game, but the Bearcats defeat the BYU, BYU, not Kroger's, BYU Kroger's. We'll go with that. In Provo, 71 to 60, first Big 12 game on the road. The Bearcats get it done. 1 and 0. And it's magical. It's it's a fantastic start after what seemed like it was going to be some pretty dark times going into the Big 12. Um, we have a hell of a slate coming up. It is going to be a nightmare playing against some of the teams coming up. And a lot of people are going to try to find a way to wish-wash around this game. I'm sure they will. I can already hear it. BYU didn't play anybody. The only good team they played, they lost to. Cool, whatever. Nobody gives a shit. The Bearcats beat BYU. They beat the number two net team in the country. They beat the number 12 ranked team in the country. And they did it on the road. That's what matters tonight. And I am super excited to talk about it with y'all. If you are interested in speaking, please go ahead, hit the request button. I'm going to add our good friend Hunter, who's in here all the time. He's going to talk with us as well. But guys, I'm super excited for this. This is one of these games that we've been waiting for. Wes Miller has been the coach of the Bearcats for a few seasons now, and we've been waiting for that trademark win. He got one against Illinois um, a few seasons back, and that really felt like a great, great start. And then everything kind of just fumbled around after that. Um, this is one of those things where you see a lot of the pieces coming together throughout the season. You have some tight games against some good teams. Um, you, you know, you're trying to find that thing that you can just sort of hang your hat on. And again, Wes has been absolutely horrid in Q1 games. I don't even know what the number got up to now. It was like two and 19 or two and 20, something like that. It was awful, but he gets a Q1 game on the road in Provo. You got, like I said, number two net team, number 12 in the country. You can't get better than that. The Bearcats now have the best win probably in the country. Um, it's it's all that you can ask for. I mean, this this is it. And, and it doesn't matter if it was pretty. It doesn't matter if it was ugly. They came out and they found a way to win. 
That's what we've been needing. Even in an ugly game, you find a way to win. And guess what? You did it on the road. You did it against a tough-ass team. Credit to BYU. But, you know, we're not going to talk about their shooting as much. Uh, but it's it's one of those games where, like, it's you just have to be excited about the prospects going forward. So, again, if you want to speak, I'm going to go ahead and add you. But we're going to go ahead and get our friend Hunter here. Juice me up, dude. They thought I was crazy. They all thought I was crazy in the Discord when I believed in this team. Dude, uh, I told y'all against Evansville that this team has what it takes to compete with the best in the Big 12, and they came out and proved it tonight. This is the number 12 team in the nation. I don't care if they're, what they're going to be ranked at the end of the season. They are ranked number 12 right now, and we beat them on their home floor, and not only that, we did it in a decisive fashion with defense in the second half. Now, everybody talks about how West Miller doesn't have his teams ready to play. The starters came ready to play tonight. That was the biggest thing for me. They came out with energy, ready to go. It was ugly, but they came with energy. They were ready to go. Once we started making subs, it was a different story, but we made the adjustments. We kept our heads down. We kept grinding, and we got the biggest win in West Miller's tenure, and I, I'm so ignorant. I love it, man. It's it's so true. This, this is one of the things that, like, I think – we're going to look back on this game in a while and uh, you know, it's, we don't know how it's going to go for Cincinnati. We have no idea how it's going to go for BYU. Um, after we've seen the start of the season, we know what we're up against going forward. Um, we'll see how this game measures out, but right now and in the moment in time, this is the best win in the country. And that's something you just can't take away. There's nothing that you can do to skirt around that numbers, metrics, do what you want. This proves it. You cannot really get better than this other than doing this to Houston on the road. And that's really saying something. So, you know, I, like I said, I'm, I'm really jazzed about how all of this is going. But I am really curious, too, to see how the Bearcats respond to this when they have Texas and Baylor and TCU and Oklahoma State and Kansas. and Like every single team you could possibly think of coming up like they've got some big games coming up and I just want to make sure that they can take care of it sorry redact my Oklahoma State is Oklahoma but you know four out of your next five are ranked TCU had a they, they lost by what like one or two today against Kansas it was they two. Very easily be a top 25 team so it was like 83 81 like this is this is a team that is set up to it's gonna it's gonna face a really really tough slate here, but I think there's a lot that's proven in this game that shows again that proof of concept. And I think the thing that we've been waiting for is like, okay, you've got some tough games on your schedule. You know that you're gonna struggle in most of these games. It's not whether at home or away. You know it's gonna be very difficult. Can you find a way, even no matter how ugly you play, no matter how good the other team does? no matter how many threes that one dude on the other team makes, can you find a way to win? And they did just that. I want to talk about this Trayvon Nell dude, or Trayvon Nell, whatever. This dude went off. In he went this. unconscious. It was insane. Like, I literally don't think anybody's played that well against the Bearcats since Trayvon blew it. No. Granted, the Bearcats ended up winning that game, but when Trayvon... When, when he, Trayvon, Trayvins, same difference, I guess. But the dude dropped like 40 in fifth third, which is like unheard of. And he made like eight threes. And now you circle back to this game. 
and again, like, it's just one of those things where it's like, okay, this is the exact thing that I was thinking. It was so funny too. When I was watching him drain all these threes, I'm like, this might be the formula because what you could see very clearly in this game, BYU had nothing, absolutely nothing to offer if it was not this guy. And I, I think they've proven throughout the season that that's not been the case, but they were absolutely cold this entire game unless it came from Traven. And so, you know, it's this is a team that's been averaging, I think, 90 points a game on the season, which is insane offense. Like the Bearcats comparatively are like 82 points a game. They're averaging 90, and we held them to 60. Well, that's the so, that's kind of the thing right there. So you have that dude that goes off for however many points that he, I think he went off for 27. If you have a dude going off for 27 and he's just shooting lights out, all your offense is, is going to be giving the ball, giving the ball, giving the ball. But yep. then everybody else gets cold, and what, what happens after he gets taken out of the game? Nobody's in rhythm. Nobody's cold. It's like Coomer said on the live uh, broadcast when we were watching. They took Nell out. Everybody was cold. They didn't know what to do on offense. And a dude going off can be detrimental if you don't know what to do with that. And I think that's what happened to BYU tonight. That's a very good point. And I think that's something that, again, like, this is where I come back and I give credit to Wes Miller's system. Because even in the face of all of this, you, you've got all of you, you've got all of these different issues that you have to worry about when you play against a very, very solid, well-rounded team like BYU. You have a guy who's going off like this, and you've got to try to keep pace. We did our due justice. We got down in the paint. We did him nasty down low, and it worked out. We had Victor Locken for 17. We had Bendego and Jizzle both for 12. We had Skillings for 10 and Newman for 9. So you have five guys who are hovering right around double digits, four in double digits, but plus Newman. You've got a lot of rebounds in this game. It was 45 to 36, completely dominated the ass on the glass. You go 40% from the three. You're only shooting 15 when typically they've been shooting a lot more throughout the season. But you're shooting 15 threes tonight. You're taking care of the ball. You're taking smart shots. And you're shooting 42% as a team. Now, you hover over to BYU. They're shooting 13 for 46. 46. Three-point shots. I cannot stress enough how asinine that strategy is. If you <laughs> that's crazy. Threes. It is insane. <laughs> Let me go down the list here. All right. For the guys who took threes, you have Traven now went 9 of 14. Okay? That sounds incredible. It makes a ton of sense. The guy's hot. Let him <laughs> shoot. Cool. He also started off 9 of 12, I might add. Yeah. Let's continue down the list. Okay. Mm, two for 12. That's tough. Two for 12. Let's follow that with one for nine. Oof. Now let's follow that with 0 for 3, 0 for 2, 1 for 5, 0 for 1. Like, this is insane. The amount that they just committed to shooting the three and refused. I mean, I've seen well, live you, and die by well, the you three, know but what? this is nuts. You know what the biggest thing was? Robinson, their leading scorer off the bench was a non-factor this game. An absolute non-factor. Dude did nothing. He did absolutely nothing. Yeah. Like that, I mean, it, that, that <laughs> he was the biggest talking point, like, going into this game. Like, can John Newman shut down Robinson? And he was a non-factor the entire game. It's crazy. Yeah. 
I, I'm just, I'm again, I'm amazed at how different the strategies are in this game and how effective ours was. Because I feel like a lot of times we've had this conversation about Wes, where in big games, in crunch time, he gets out coached. I don't know if it was strategy or what, but he out coached BYU today. He one hundred percent out coached BYU today. If if you if I don't care what it is, I've seen the live and die by the three. I've seen the Bearcats take a lot of threes. If they've shot over thirty threes in a game, I'd be amazed. But shooting forty six is just it's that's undisciplined <laughs> from a coach's perspective. Forty six threes. I'm not bad. I'm really bad at math, guys. I'm really bad at math. But let's see. So 40 times 3, that would be 120 plus another 18. So you're talking 138 potential points. And one guy makes up a very, very large percentage of the actual scored points. But 138 potential points. And you refused and you to only defense. got 60. They got absolutely dominated on the glass. Absolutely dominated in the paint down low. This is a strategy thing, but I also want to come back around to this again, too. Again, this is what the Bearcats have been asking for. From fans' perspectives, this is what we've been begging for for so long. We want a down presence that can absolutely control the game. Victor Locken... Aziz, like, took care of it. Like, it was no question. Jamil, I don't think, was in the mix enough for this game, but these guys took care of it. And if you don't have one of the two of them, you have Jamil behind him. You still have Odie. You have these other guys that you can mix in this in, in, down low. And we've been lacking this presence for so long. But look what happens when you're in a big game like this in crunch time and you have that option. It completely changes the dynamic because this team for years on end was so reliant on the three-point shot, was so reliant on jumpers to try to make anything happen. And if that wasn't working, you had nothing. We have options now. We have the ability Hmm. to create some pressure, to relieve some pressure. We have the ability to get the ball in down low, open up the three, and vice versa. And then you have some guys who are going out and balling. Justin, can I put this on the record right now? Go ahead, man. Josh Reed is going to be one of the most important Bearcats in recent memory. Okay. What what he did when he came in in the first half, now granted he didn't play many many minutes in the second half. He didn't have to. But what he did when he came in the first half, phenomenal. He made our only three in the first half. How about them cats? He had a great We're rebound, live from fucking Max Pizza Pub right he, now. We're fucking in it. This place is fucking buzzing. Fucking buzzing. I haven't seen this place like this since maybe the fucking 1980s. This team's fucking back. Build the fucking Rex Miller statue. Let's go, cats. I love it. That's, that's <laughs> awesome. But, um, I wasn't. Oh, no. He, he had a, a like a supreme impact on that game in the first half. He hit mm-hmm. the three. He had he he read the floor and had a great interception. Got the ball back, slowed it up. We got two points off that. That those are just the smart plays. He is going to be one of the most important Bearcats of West Miller's tenure. Mark my words right now. It may not be this year. It may not be next year. But his senior year, mm, dude, I'm saying it right now. 
Okay, we'll take you on that. I mean, and I, let's talk about this too, though. I think this is one of the things that I keep coming back to is th- this team is so well-rounded. You have guys that know their role. You have guys that know their position and know what to do when they get out on the floor. And this is a thing that I think, like, over the past few years, there's so much freewheeling. I still think there's a bit of it. I still think there's a bit of it. I'm not going to write that off by any means. But you have guys who who know what their purpose is on this team. And, and I think they do it to a T. Does it work all the time? Do they always shoot lights out? Absolutely not. But you have a, a very good control over this game. And again, you know, this is a game that you don't have C.J. Frederick playing in. So you have another veteran presence that you're missing in this game, and yet you take care of business. Like, this is the thing that is just, it, it's so awesome to see the turnaround because we've been waiting for that click and turn for so long. And I think that Wes finally got this monkey off his back of just waiting to get that one marquee win that gets people to buy in. I think this is it. I really think this is it. And like I said, I, I, I firmly believe that people will try to write this game off, will try to play this down. But as the Bearcats, as Bearcats players, as Bearcats fans, as Bearcats staff, as Wes Miller, you have to ride this to the hills, man. That You have to enjoy it, and then you got to lock in, and you got to keep it moving. you got to keep the momentum up. That logic to dismiss this win, like, based off how, like, BYU is at the end of the season, it doesn't matter. Basketball is all about how you're playing at that moment in time. True. Like, at this moment in time, BYU – is the number 12 team in the nation, the number, what, two net, I think they said, or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Number two. They are, they are playing really good basketball right now. And we went into their house and whipped their ass, belt to ass, Bearcats dominated. <laughs> yeah. We I went mean, in and, and we said, is- we are here. We are in the Big 12. We're about to fuck up your expectations. I am so excited for this team. If they can, if they can, if the potential, if this team can come together and see what they did here, they can, like, at, I'm, I'm super optimistic right now because I'm about seven white claws deep, but I'm just, I'm sitting here. I'm just like, this team, they can, they can make the attorney run. They can make the chance. They can make the attorney first and foremost. And then they just have to keep getting better. Keep, you, like that's the day-to-day thing is I think that's the thing with West Miller's teams the past couple of years is that at a certain point they stopped getting better and they just kind of stayed where they were if they continue to get right. better game after game they will eventually be a tourney team and I do think that we can get that 11 wins that was talked about in the discord yeah well and let, let's look at it this way too man like it's the classic line iron sharpens iron like this is what yes, you need yes, you yes. need to play these tough teams in order to get good you don't get good by meddling around in the AAC. You just don't get better by playing those teams. Sure, you can be a good team, but then when you get to the tournament, when you get to the games that matter, you crumble. And I, yeah, I mean, look at Houston. Look at Houston. Agree, but it's you're going to get better by playing these tough teams. You're going to have to learn how to adapt. You're going to have to learn how to put things together when it's not going your way. You're going to have to learn how to play a different game. The teams that we've produced the past two or three years under West, they have not been able to change. They are who they are, and that's it. What I think this shows is, like, there's an ability that, like, if you've got the three that night and it's hot, you take it. And if not, 
you can figure something else out. And these guys did it. Like, this is the part that I'm just so excited about <laughs> is we took 15 threes in this game and we beat a number 12 team on the road. Like, that's not something that you could ever possibly imagine thinking of a West Miller team over the past two seasons and change. Like, it's just not a thing. It's not part of the identity. Uh-huh. No, it, so makes, it makes me super that. happy. It makes me super just, happy because you look at all these. You look at you look at it at, like uh, I'm not trying to. I am absolutely not trying to shit on anybody in the Discord, but everybody was so crestfallen after that Evansville game. Like BYU blew them out by forty. We're like we're screwed. No, like you have to look at it in context. Like okay, we adjusted and we absolutely dominated Evansville in the second half. So look at it. You look at it. We do that the whole game. Yes, we're winning by 50 points. We are doing the exact same thing BYU did to them. So they come out ready to play in the in the very first minutes like they did against BYU this game. But yeah, we're right there, dude. We are right there. You have to look at it in context. And that's like you mentioned, the schedule coming up, the iron sharpens the iron. This team could get so good. They could get so good at the end of this stretch if they just keep getting better. It's so exciting to think about, man. I haven't been excited about, this, about Bearcats basketball like this in a long time. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I want to – we've 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 had so much juice, and I'm not going to take it out of here. But I do want to ask the general group here, if we've got anybody who wants to speak, again, hit the request button. The mic is all yours. It's open I want mic. Mike, I, can speak. I, I want Michael Boston to speak. I want to hear him talk. <laughs> Here's what I've got. Here's what I've got. This game, the, the way the game flowed for the Bearcats and the way the game flowed for BYU, I think does – feel similar to the classic Illinois game that we waited on all the time. Like this is just the game that we had to hang our hat on. And then it feels like over time people were able to talk about, but I think the thing that's different here is this team has had more time to prepare. BYU has had more time to prepare. This is later in the season. This isn't like an early season fluke. This is a team that's been on a roll. This is a team that's proven it. Like I said, the net is not like a phony stat line. The net is what is used to measure these teams going into the tournament. So, like, I think there's so much more weight here that, yes, they had a poor shooting night, but they also had a hot shooter. And sometimes if you have a hot shooter, you can ride that to a win, even if everybody else is doing pretty poorly. And yet we still found a way to put the things together when we needed to. And I think when we look forward to the rest of our schedule coming up here, again, we just played number 12. This is what we have coming up. We have number 20, Texas, who just lost at home to Texas Tech. I was very excited about that earlier. And then once I get to, got to thinking about it, I got really sad about it because, yeah. nope, I don't think they're going to be in the top 25 after that. They might be 25, 24. But you're going to have Texas at home no matter what happens. It is still going to be a quad one game at home. It is still going to be a quad one game. Following that, you then have Baylor on the road, number 18 currently. Following that, you have TCU at home. Following that, you have Oklahoma at home, who's number 11, <laughs> 13 and 1. And then following that, you have Kansas on the road, number 2. What you Let's have is the records of the teams. Let's add this. This is the records of the teams coming up, too. I get the non-conference, you play some cupcakes, but you also have some teams in here who play some really damn good teams. Some teams that are playing in college hoops, classics type stuff. 
you have Texas at 11 and 3, Baylor at 12 and 2, TCU at 11 and 3, Oklahoma at 13 and 1, Kansas at 13 and 1. You have probably the toughest stretch that you are going to have your entire Big 12 season. Your inaugural season is happening right now. Let's it is the month let's of January. Fucking go. Let's go. <laughs> I love, I love your energy, Hunter. I want that for this team so bad. If they embrace well, that iron sharpens iron sharpens iron mentality, if they just take it, like we can beat them. If they don't let anything get in their head and they just grind at it, they dude, this team can be so good. Well, yeah. I mean, think about it too. Like, again, this is the thing that I think the the part that's really important here is I think this team needed to know that they could do this too. I don't yes, necessarily know that they didn't believe in themselves, but you know, as as a fan that watches it, anybody who's played sports before, sometimes you just need, it's like in a game, you need to watch the shot go in to know that you can make the next shot, to know that you can get hot, just to get right back in it. Some yeah, people don't really team. have that. This team, I think, just needed that one thing that could just say, okay, you know what? We went into a tough-ass environment, a rowdy environment, and we shut them up. This, you need like, to be able to do that. Well, let's think about it. Like this, like this is West Miller's biggest win. Like, yeah, it's a quality win, but it's also you beat the number twelve team in the nation on their fucking home floor. Like that, that's a huge win in like in any program. Like at, on during any season, like that's a huge win, and like that's a I mean, huge win just for his career. I want but, like, I want somebody in here who's who's got a better brain on this right now because I've I've just kind of I've been very busy today. Somebody else who can think about this a little bit more in depth. Tell me <laughs> what the last win that was this big was. The Illinois game was in, on a neutral floor, mind uh, you, because of the tournament. And then again you had Arkansas which was really close after that. You're a free throw away from winning that game too. But what was the last game that was this big? Of a I win think it, for the Bearcats. I, I think it was Wichita in the 2017 2018 se- season. Yeah, 2017 2018 season. I think it was at Wichita because they were ranked at the time. Yeah, Maybe. I mean, it's <laughs> this is the thing that I'm that this is where I'm getting at, man. It's like it's, it's been a while to think about, like, oh, yeah, when's the last time Cincinnati had a quality win? It's another thing to think about when is the last time that Cincinnati, like, did something that was like, oh yeah, this is this is one of the like marquee games of that like decade. No, I hundred percent I could a hundred percent be wrong, but I think it is I think it I honestly gotta think it is the at Wichita game in the 2017-2018 season with like Gary Clark, Kyle Washington, and Jacob Evans. I think it was that season. I think it was that game was the last time we beat a team that was ranked at their place. Yeah, I mean, there there may be one, two in there. There may have been a Houston team in that season, too, or right around there before Houston just up and decided to be the best. I don't think they were ranked, though. Country. I don't think they were ranked that season. They were damn good, though. I mean, they, they were I remember, good, but I don't think they were ranked. I think they I think yeah. there was an it was like an undervalued team. Like they were yeah. better than Wichita, but they were undervalued. Yeah, and I mean, well, hell, let's look at this too. Like, I think this is one of the things that I really think about moving forward. You know, as you look at the the potential and what you're hoping for for this team, you, if you can find a way to stitch some of these wins together, 
you just got to find a way back to the tournament. And I think that's everybody's goal as a fan base this year is just get back to the tournament, participate in that, get Cincinnati's name back in that national spotlight again. It, of course, you're going to have it all season long, but keep it there. Like, get it back to that tournament, make it matter. And of course, it's not going to be easy to go back to that, you know, classic like nine straight, 10 straight type of tournament appearances given how difficult the Big 12 is. But get your name back in the hat. Like, that is that is the goal. And, it, again, this is the way that you do that. This is the way that you do that. You take advantage of teams. When they give you an inch, you take a mile. When they give you nothing, you got to fight tooth and claw to get in there. And I'm just – I'm so excited because this team has an ability – to see that potential that Wes has been preaching for so long, I feel like we can finally just see a glimmer of it because we just needed that one thing that just said, I believe in him. I believe in what he's preaching. It doesn't feel like it's falling on deaf ears anymore. It feels like, okay, he meant it. We want to get this Cincinnati team back to where Cincinnati is supposed to be. And that's at the top. Of course, we again we're so early in the season there's so much left there's so much of a hard schedule left but again this is a thing that you got to do and again it's, you just cannot take away the value of him doing this in the first game on the road if we took a poll right now like i i should i should throw up a poll after mm-hmm. we get off the spaces but if we throw up a poll i would be really curious how many people actually thought cincinnati could win this game Because I'm going to tell you right now, flat and plainly, I thought we were going to lose this game by like 15 plus. No faith. No faith, Justin. No faith. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. (laughs) I saw what I saw against Xavier. I saw what I saw against Dayton. I did not think we were going to win this game. And again, BYU gave us a lot of favors. But Cincinnati also did themselves a lot of favors in this game. And they took advantage of every single opportunity they had. And that's what counts. And that's what I'm so excited about is because... Even if you're, even if you just don't think that this is going to happen, they're still finding a way to do it, and that's that's really, I think the the marquee point for the night, and that's the well, thing I'm just, I'm Justin, ready. Can I get uh, can I, let's get our boy uh, Kay in in here. He's been yeah. waiting for a while. Yeah. So um, this is something I, I feel like everyone has noticed this, and I, I saw everyone tweeting about this. But at what point do we all think Jizzle starts? Because he's been critical in the big games. He showed up big against Xavier. He showed up huge tonight. Whereas the other point guard has been struggling. Like, Jizzle had, what, 12 points, zero turnovers. Day-Day, two points, six turnovers. And everyone was wondering, well, why is he still in at the end of the game? And I saw that uh, Chad tweeted that Wes said he, was, he had the skill set to break the press, I guess. But outside of that, like, that first half, we can all agree that first half was abysmal. I don't know how we were still in it. We were constantly turning the ball over, shooting ourselves in the foot. And and once you put Jizzle in, that kind of disappears. I feel like he's he's a safer point guard. Texas. Texas is the answer to that question, man. It's – you – you – I'm I'm sorry. Like, I love – I love Day-Day. I think he's a great fit for this program, and I don't think – that there's any reason that he should not be playing a significant amount of minutes. I think Jizzle should be getting the majority of those minutes, though. I think this guy should be starting. And honestly, if he doesn't, I still... I I said this a few weeks ago. 
I still firmly believe this, that even if he doesn't start, make his minutes reflect it. It doesn't, he doesn't need to start. I don't give a shit about who starts. I care about who's playing the biggest amount of minutes, who's playing the crunch time, who deserves to be on the floor the most. Day-Day has done a pretty decent job, but he's also played himself off the floor a few times. I think Jizzle, every single time, like you just said, Q, I think every time he's been in the game, he has been a stud. He's been reliable, and even if he's not going to go and get you a bucket, he's making really, really smart decisions with the ball. And like you said, zero turnovers in this game. He had the ball a lot today. And that's the thing, like, against a team like BYU, you gotta, you, you got to take care of the ball. You have to make sure that you're controlling the game pace and controlling possessions. And on top of that, if you got a guy who's good at that, and then he can go out and buy a bucket, he can go out and make a shot, he can go out and thread something out and then dish it out to the edge and then get a three. I mean, it's it's it makes sense. I feel like you gotta play him more and you gotta play him in crunch time because I don't think that he just offers you an offensive skill set. I don't think he's a liability on defense. I think there are some other players that I have noticed that are liabilities on defense. I don't think that he's one of them. I so so I'm gonna play devil's advocate here. I'm I'm gonna be that guy that everybody hates. I'm already that guy in Discord, it's fine. But I'm not gonna I am not gonna question Wes's decision making on starting Day Day. If Wes if Wes decides that Day Day is the one that needs to start, I'm fine with that. I do see Jizzle is playing his way into more minutes. A hundred percent, Justin, I agree with you. Like it doesn't matter to me if he starts, reflect it in his minutes. He could play 22, 25, 28 minutes and not start. I'm fine with that. But I'm not going to sit here and say that I know basketball better than Wes. I don't. And there have been times where J- where Dede has played Jizzle off the floor. like, And when nobody talks about that. And that's fine. I get it. There, Jizzle has showed up in bigger games. And yeah, yes, and that's, and a, that's a huge thing. That's a, that's a huge part of it, and I and I completely agree with that. Like, if you show up in bigger games, you should get more minutes. I agree with that opinion, but I think Wes is looking at more so consistency than oh, I just show up in big games. Yeah, I mean, all these, I mean, all these games we struggled, and you see, you see the same things. Everyone's doing. We need an alpha. We need a guy that can get us a bucket when when things aren't going well. And we need to stop making stupid turnovers. And Dede, not Dede, Jizzle does all of that. And I mean, Dede is like a jackrabbit. I mean, he he does what you want him to do, but sometimes he gets a little too out of control. I, and in those in those big games, you, you kind of need to take a breath and play it to your pace instead of letting these guys push you. I will say that I think a couple of Dede's turnovers tonight were not on him, but also, that's subjective. That depends on how much you want to look into basketball. But I, I agree with that. I mean, it, it it's a very subjective thing. Um, it's a, it's just a matter of what like what you prefer. I do think that Jizzle is going to play his way into the starting role this year. A hundred percent. I don't doubt that in my mind. I don't know yeah. if, if right now is the time to do that, but. It may, it may be. I mean, that's not. I mean, I don't know ball like West knows ball. <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and claim that I do. It. That's just my opinion on the thing. Well, yeah, and I mean, I think anybody could agree with that sentiment too. Like, I think I think that the position that 
you know, Day Day and Jizzle are in, they offer a very similar skill set. They offer a very similar style of play. And realistically, if you have one in or one out, you're going to get pretty much the same thing. It's just who's got the hot hand, who's got the ability to kind of go in and dominate. And I think this is where I come back to the thing that I think is most important, especially when you look at a guy like Jizzle. He's so young. He has a lot of potential to grow. I don't think that you stunt his growth by playing him less minutes, but I definitely think you might give yourself a little bit of a harder time when you're trying to find a bucket and you just can't get one. When he's on the floor, that whole game plan changes. That whole game mindset changes. And I think there's a realistic like point of view to look at Jizzle and say that when he's on the floor in some of these games, even as a freshman, he's the guy who's running the thing. He is running the machine. Like, and it, it's just everything revolves around him. And I, I, as a freshman, I think that speaks to just how talented he is but also how much potential he has in the future to be that guy and to be that guy that you can rely on. So as far as I'm concerned, I really would like to see Jizzle play some more minutes. However, I don't think that it's a near-death situation if you've got Day-Day on the floor. I think they're both very good to have out on the floor at any given time. Why not play them both when you've got the time? Not both on the floor at the same time, but while you've got Day-Day, while you've got Jizzle, rotate them, use them in the way that you need to. And like you said, I mean, at the end of the day, we can sit here and talk about who should get more minutes, who should do all this. It doesn't fucking matter because the Bearcats won today, guys. You're goddamn matter. right. <laughs> no matter what happened, the strategy worked. And I will say, in crunch time, we won. It was a close game. Things got a little hairy. And then the Bearcats started to take a lead, and then they protected that lead. And after that, after that switch turned to where they said, okay, we're up eight, we're up seven, we're up eight, fuck it. Victor Locken from downtown, dagger. Like, oh my God, could you ask for anything better? Dude, I still dude. think that was, I want to, real quick, sorry, I really want to point this out too. Aziz, <laughs> in this game, Aziz. And Victor Locken accounted for precisely half of the Bearcats made threes on the night. The two of them, of all guys, accounted for half the Bearcats threes on the floor tonight. And I just think that stat's incredible. No, uh, so, sorry. <laughs> no, I was saying, like, tonight is the one night where I don't want to criticize Vic on any of the fouls that he had. He did not make the stupid fouls that we're used to seeing when Vic gets flustered, when he gets frustrated because he's not getting the calls his way or he's getting hacked and they're not getting called. He didn't do that. He played like a seasoned vet, and it was so nice to see. And Aziz was strong. Vic was strong with the ball. They did their thing. It was so nice to see. Like He was actually like genuinely good post-play it was one of the best things about this game. And I think that's going to be a huge step moving forward for these guys. That's something I've been wanting to see from Vic because, I mean, he he's our guy now. He's our top scorer, but he doesn't always, you know, he doesn't always play like it. But to, to see, like, some actual discipline was was great. No, I completely agree. When he, Like, there are times when he is the best and the worst player on the floor at the exact same time, and it is a killer to this team. But when... 
when he doesn't make those stupid fouls, when he when he just sits there and he lets the game come to him, he deals with what's happening. Like it's just like you just go with it, and he did that tonight. And him and Aziz, they worked decently well together when they were on the court, but they did better when they were separate. That's fine. I mean, it's what it is. What it is. Wes said they're still learning to play together, but like. <laughs> like Justin said, they accounted for half our three-point shots. When when Aziz took that shot, I wanted to throw my phone at the TV. I was like, what are you doing, man? But he hit it. And I was like, oh, my God. We'll take it. Hey, man, like this is this is one of the crazy things, too. When, you know, you look, you look down the roster and you look down, um, you know, what this team has going forward. You have Vic, who is a junior right now. You have Seamus, who's a junior. You have Day-Day, who I believe still has years or a year of eligibility after this. A year of eligibility, I believe. You've got Skillings, who's going to give you another two after this. You have Aziz, who's going to give you next year. You have Odie. Well, Odie's... Yeah, Odie's gone. I can't <laughs> couldn't remember. Uh, but you got Jizzle. Uh-huh. You got Josh Reed. You got some of these core guys who are going to be coming back. And that's one of the things is like I've seen I, – I think the progression of Victor Locken over the past few seasons has been incredible. And like this is a guy that like when we first had him as a like freshman, I wouldn't have said that he would be the guy. But I think he really is like the piece of this team. Like I think Hizzle – go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry, Justin. I was, I was agreeing with you. Like he, he can be. He can be that dude. Yeah, and I think I think the biggest thing is like when you look at what you've got with Vic, you look at what you've got with Jizzle, and then you've got all of this talent coming in behind these guys. Like you have a few of these core pieces that are going to be here next year and are going to be able to try to get this ball rolling. And of course, like you said, I mean, this is a thing that I keep trying to tell myself and I keep trying to do, but I'm just so juiced on this win right now. It's going to get really tough and it's going to get hard and it might be some dark days ahead of us, but fuck it, right now. We just won, so why not celebrate? But regardless, you've got some really good pieces of your core moving forward, and I think that these guys, as they evolve, you continue to see the way that Vic has developed. You can sit, you can see the way that Jizzle has came in the door already. You're seeing the way that Skillings has been able to be effective. You're seeing the way that some of these other guys have found their place in this team. Wes has done such a good job of making this team so well-rounded. I firmly believe in his ability to continue to do that. And now he's just going to do it with even better talent coming in the gate. Like I just, I, there's, there were very Justin. few teams who get the time, kind of recruiting classes that Cincinnati is going to have and fuck up. Well, Justin, like, what? let me, let me put, so I, I put this in the discord and the only response I got was this dude, like kind of laughing me out of here, like blah, blah, blah. West doesn't have a big win yet, but like this, like, this team doesn't really have continuity, like from the previous year, if you really think about it. So, think about it. The only two players that really play, or the only players that played real meaningful minutes last year were Dan, Vic, and Odie. Those are the only three dudes that played meaningful minutes last year. Yep. Everybody else, not on the team anymore. Yep. So this team is coming into its own, like getting its chemistry. Like I'm gonna, like I, like I'm not tooting a horn. I didn't play college basketball, but I played basketball. Like 
six, like a summer is not enough to build chemistry with people. Like it's not, you need like a couple, you need like a season or so to build chem like real. And like, if you get past that, like a year or two to build real chemistry, where like, you know, where that guy is going to be on the floor, no matter what. And only three of those guys have that where they played like a year or more together. So as this team gets on, they're going to build that chemistry. They're just going to get better. That's that's my theory on this team, and it's well, just yeah. going to, yeah, and it's just going to get better with with Josh and Dan playing together. Vic has one more year, and Rayvon and Jizzle and all these guys like they're just like he's building that core. He's building that core to build an absolute powerhouse at Cincinnati, and I just I want. I want the fans to see it, but I feel like everybody wants that immediate success. But like, you have to look at it long term a little bit. Like, he is building that core to where they have the perfect chemistry, where they make that deep tourney run, where everybody is scared to play us. And I can't wait for that day. Hey, man. Like, honestly, let's let's just back this up for a second. You're very correct. Everybody wants that instant gratification. We're Cincinnati fans. We've watched the Reds. We've watched the Pinkles. We've watched all these teams go in and out and hype us up and absolutely ruin our souls every single year. We've seen it happen over and over and over again. Justin, I want to hear my first introduction to Cincinnati fandom was the freaking UConn triple overtime game. <laughs> was it really? I'm so sorry for you. I that was, so that was when I decided I was going to the University of Cincinnati, and I'm like, hey, I'm going to watch their basketball team. I'm going to try to become a fan, and that was my first introduction to the fandom. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's one we like to forget about. There are other worse ones, but we won't talk about those. I think the thing that this team and really this fan base just desperately needs is – Past this win, you've got a really good win on your resume. You got to find a way to keep that momentum going. And here's the thing you're going to lose some games. You might lose a lot of games coming up. Find a way to stitch together, stitch together some of the games that might be a little bit ugly. You know, of course, in this stretch, this is, like I said, going to be the hardest stretch of your entire season. You've got four out of your next five ranked, and you got TCU, who's probably on the outside looking in on top of that. But then following that, you have UCF, who got absolutely, got their asses ripped off, put on a plaque, and handed to them, and pushed out the door against Delta ass. They got destroyed. You then have West Virginia after that, too. And then once you get into February, you got Texas Tech, Houston, Iowa State, UCF, Oklahoma State, TCU, Houston. If I'm looking down the list, I'm... I'm juiced right now, so pardon my thoughts on this. But Texas, and I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say it honestly, how the way I see it. Texas, I think you got a 50-50 shot. Baylor, I think you lose that. TCU, I think you got a 50-50 shot. Oklahoma, I think you lose it. Kansas, I think you lose it. UCF, you better win it. You better win it. West Virginia, by God, you better win it. And if you don't win that, then I think you lose a lot of people, and that BYU win is going to feel a long way away. Texas Tech, Houston, Iowa State, those are all going to be tough. That Houston one, I don't see how it happens. I've We've played Houston over and over again. I want to end that goddamn streak. I don't think it happens in this game. Houston is on an absolute world-beating run right now, and I don't think that I want to be the team that stands in the way of them. Hopefully somebody else can come back down to earth before then. 
If nope. not, I would like to be the team that takes that away from them. UCF, Oklahoma that, State, TCU, those three games, I think you have a legitimate chance to go and take some money there. I think you've got a chance to put some some wins together. You got Houston again. It's going to be another L, I believe. Kansas State, Oklahoma, West Virginia. If you look at what we've got left in January, you got seven games left. You got seven games in February. You got three games in March. That gives you 14, 17 games left on the season before you get to the Big 12 champion or Big 12 tournament and before you get to the NCAA tournament, which we will be in. Thank you very much. Texas, Cincinnati, sorry, Texas, Baylor, TCU, Oklahoma, Kansas, UCF, West Virginia. In this month, you have to beat UCF, West Virginia. You've got to try to find one between TCU and Texas. One of those, and I think Baylor, Oklahoma, and, and Kansas are going to give you a run for your money. But if you, if you end this eight-game month at three and five, at golden ratio, four and four, anything better than that, I think you have a pretty good shot when you go into February and go into March. You've got to find that magic number of eight. I think that's the number, the target, that gets you into the tournament, especially when now you've given yourself a massive, massive advantage and good pat on the back for winning against BYU on the road. That's going to be a huge one come March. No matter how these teams shake out, again, it's measured on the way you play that team at that point in time. There's not as much eye test as there is. That team was good then. You played them good, and then they fell off after that. Who gives a shit? You got to take care of business against some of these teams. If you can go 500 in this month, go to February, try to go 500 in that month. Go to March, win a game, maybe win two. You've got some energy. I think there's a legit shot you make the tournament this year. Nah, fuck that. We are beating Texas on our floor. We just beat the number 12 team in the nation. I'm going to be in the house for that game. We are beating Texas on our floor. We are beating them on our floor. They just lost to Texas Tech. They don't know what's happening. We're going to beat them on our floor. And this is the goddamn year that we finally fucking beat Houston to remind them who the big dogs are. We owned we owned Mark Sampson or Sampson for years in the AAC, and now he thinks he owns us. Absolutely, the fuck not. Cincinnati owns Houston. Fuck Houston. I hate them so goddamn much in basketball. We own them. We are going to beat them this year. We are going to knock them off that pedestal. Marcus Sampson is not going to know what hits him when he comes in the fifth third this year. I love how many times you've doubled down on Mark Sampson. That's awesome. I'm clipping that, buddy. That's, that's I, I don't, dude. I hate, I hate, I hate Houston. I hate Houston. I was there. I was there when they had their really good team in 2017, 2018. I was there for all those games. I was there at the AAC, AAC champ, championship when Gray shit his pants and threw the ball out of bounds and oh, Gary yeah. Brooks the win for us. I was at that game with Mike Hall in the front row. I was there. Rob, <laughs> I watched it happen. We are knocking Houston off. They can kiss my ass. I will never, ever believe that we are going to lose to Houston. I don't care how good they are. I hate them. We are better than them. We are a better program than them. We have always owned them. We own them now. It is happening. Mans is coming out with the best billboard material that I have witnessed this entire season. I am here for it, buddy. We need I, a tr- I, I, I hate Houston more than I hate 
Xavier. Honest to God. I Jeez. <laughs> I am that dude. I, I don't know why. I just, I never, I've never interacted with somebody from X. I've never interacted with somebody uh, from X. Oh, that'll do it. How? Except for, I, I, I interacted with one girl from there, and she was fat, so it was fine. But, <laughs> um, Xavier, fan, dude, Xavier, Z, dude, Houston fans were so rude to me during the basketball game. Like, mm, dude. Can't stand them. I hate Houston. I hate them so much. They don't deserve. They think they think they're still fly, five slamma jamma. They think they are still five slamma jamma. They are not. They are not five slamma jamma anymore. <laughs> this is not the Houston team last year. Houston teams last year, in my opinion, was better than their team this year. We can beat them. We can do it. They just have to keep on grinding, keep getting better, and keep pushing through. And we will. We will win. We will be in the tournament. They can do this. <laughs> Q, what you got? We'll, we'll we'll let you round us out here. All right. I was about to say, as long as this this win against BIU is the standard and not a one off like like Illinois the other year, we should be good. Because coming into this game, what we were a bunch of us were saying, oh, if we if we get two in the next stretch of like what six games, we'd be fine. And no, who who thought one of those wins was going to be BYU? I mean, I was thinking. Texas or TCU, but nobody absolutely not this one. So, if this is if this is the standard and not just a one off, we we should be chilling and we'll make the tournament. I'd certainly hope so, Jeff. You got something for us? Yeah, I'm I'm probably way late to the party here, and if I bring something up you've already talked about, I apologize. But uh, oh, good man, that first half, I'm sure you guys felt the same way. What I and I don't mean negative Nancy here. I, it was incredible. I'm glad they won. But the perimeter defense on these guys who, you know, 11 points a game is a good score, but they should not be giving up nine threes to anybody. That defense has to patch it up. Yeah, I didn't want to jump in and, and bring that up either. That first half was bad. It was. It's always on a screen. One guy doesn't fight through the screen. Or they double team a driver and they just kick it collapse, out. They every collapse. Single Whenever time. somebody drives, they automatically collapse every single time, and then they're feeding right into. They're playing right into their hands defensively. So no, those are valid. Those are valid points. A hundred percent. Like I, I completely agree. The three point difference was kind of abysmal in the first half, but everything else aside from that was the defense wise was decent. And I think that made up for it because BYU is one of those live and die by the three teams. Like I think uh, Chris Lepore and his breakdown with Chad, like they shot more than fifty percent of their shots from three, and today wasn't and it tonight wasn't their night, and they couldn't and they could not adjust. Well, in the second half, I mean, I've, I'm I'm forty three years old, and every UC team in my lifetime had some identity, whatever it was. They had toughness, defense, physicality, whatever it was, you knew they had an identity. Tonight was the first time I can remember I felt like that team started to develop an identity in the second half. Where they started to look yeah, a little buddy. a little tougher. You know? Had that had that grit to them that I hadn't seen in a while. I've my question a lot with Wes Miller, where I said, What does this team do well? What is the one thing you can lean you can lean on every night and go, This team does this well? And tonight in the second half, I was like, All right, now we're starting to get something here. That's a I will huge... say this team. This oh. team rebounds. This team rebounds well yeah. for the most part. For the most part, there have been some. There have been some games where they haven't, but for the most part, this team does rebound well. I wish they would box out better a little bit more, mm-hmm. but they do rebound. And well. another critique I have: these are two critiques, and you guys can you guys can respond all you want. Victor Locken, I love the guy. I love the fact that he made a couple of huge threes tonight. 
I still wish that guy would. I don't know if you guys remember Adam Perushnik. Name ring a bell. Am I aging myself right now? No, I I just became a fan in 2014. Okay, Adam Brusnick was like on Mick Cronin's first team after he took over 2005, and he was a guy who around the around the rim he just did not finish strong, could not just didn't go up strong ever. Had horrible field goal percentage. Locking around the rim sometimes drives me insane because I wish he would go up with some authority. When he has he had a wider lane night to the lane, and he just went up with this like. Flail on his body around the place. I'm like, dude, yep. you're 6'10. Go up like you need. Dude. Yeah, Tell he has that, that Euro ball style. Yeah. No, that that drives me nuts because yeah. I, I yeah. definitely agree with you on that. I think that's one of the things where it's like he he doesn't know his own strength, I, I think. And it's not in like a it's not in a he doesn't know that he has it. it he doesn't know how to use it. Mm-hmm. Like he Maybe he knows how to use it. He doesn't know that he has it all the time, though, because he just – there's so many times where he goes up so weak. You expect him to dunk the ball, and he's, like, laying it in off the glass. And it's like, just two-hand put it in. The guy that's under you is, like, six foot. Yeah, you're six foot. You have an almost foot advantage. Yeah. I think he's I think he's I think he's so ingrained in those like in the European style like finish versus the American the American style is 100% dunk the ball on his head like embarrass him and his family like that is the American well, style like, ball, especially a grown man you need that sometimes you need that yeah, you, you to really need it. involved finished guys, man. That's why I just want to see, I want to see like, him act like he get around the basket and just fuck somebody up sometime. I want to see it from him. Um, like that's and, that's Millie's that's Millie's style of ball, yeah. and you can see it when he goes up. He wants to dunk on everybody, <laughs> and if Vic if Vic develops just a little bit of that, oh my God, he's gonna be so. And my my Real quick, point, Jeff, I know you. Yeah, sorry, I think I know you got something here. That I'm I'm gonna give this right back to you. The one thing that I come back to because one of my all time favorite players, probably my all time favorite kids. player, not something that everybody goes to right away, Trayvon Scott. Yeah, I love his game. And I think the coolest thing about the way that he plays when you're talking about a guy like Victor Locken is Victor Locken is that percent. He's got so many of those pieces where he's got so much good post game and he's got so much good ability, so many good abilities down low. The issue is he misses that confidence and tenacity down low, which is what I think Trayvon had that just really made him such a dominant and well-rounded player. So when he got low, he wasn't afraid to back you down, turn around, and drop it on your head. He was not afraid to send your family to the grave. Like, he was just that kind of guy who was playing so aggressive. I'm sure you're a long-time Bear. When did you say you became a Bearcat fan? Born. Born and bred. Oh, you remember Eric Hicks. Eric Hicks was the same way. He was 6'7", maybe, and he just did not give a shit. He was going to put it on you. Uh, Jason Maxia was the same way. You know, he's, I haven't seen a, a big, since, it's been a while. I can remember since the last big outside of Scott, maybe where you, where you felt like this guy and Bandango, Ben, he, this year, he's the same way where you're like, okay, this guy's going to put on some people. And I like to see that toughness from the bigs. We haven't had it in a long time. It felt like, you know, no, I think, yeah. I, think I think Gary and Kyle had that. And I agree with you. Trayvon definitely had yeah. that mentality. Yeah. And I think that, well, so Vic's first shot attempt tonight, he went up strong and he finished and he went up strong, like got the ball above the rim and then got the rebound and then shot and then 
went up and made it, but they called a foul on the first shot, and he was pissed. But, like, that first attempt that he had, I need that all the time. I agree with you, Jeff. Like, he need, like if he just goes up strong, he's going to make so many more baskets. Yeah, and I, my, my last point, and I, I have nothing else to say, but my last critique of the game is the silly turnover, the backcourt turnovers they had tonight, like, couldn't even get the ball past half court, just throwing the ball out of bounds. They got to cut the silly turnovers have to stop too much sloppy basketball. I love this team. I think they've got a lot of potential if they keep going with they're going based off building off tonight, but the turnovers have to stop too. Yeah. 13 very, first half turnovers isn't going to cut. Oh, go ahead. Kill. It kills you. It kills you when you're on, on one end, you get, you, you get a big basket and then on the other end, give up a big three, the perimeter defense and the silly turnovers. Once they get that, you know, worked out a little bit, I think we got something. And we'll see. So that's those are my points. Just want to see what you guys felt. Yeah, that's very interesting because I feel like ever since the crosstown, it's been ridiculous, stupid mistakes the first half, and then all of a sudden, we everything just clicks again in the second half. I can't remember who. Uh, I'm wondering what he's telling them. Yeah, who was the game? I can't remember who was against. So the first half was abysmal. I mean, it was the Evansville. Played like shit. Evansville. It was night and day the second half. So I'm like, okay, I like to see the second half adjustments. That's nice to see. But that Evansville game, I was like, who are these guys? So, and then they looked better in the second half, thank God. Well, well second- I think this is one of those things that's just under Wes's identity. Yeah. For better or for worse, these guys, they're prepared. They're just, they take a long time to warm up. They know what the game plan is. The problem is everything doesn't click until the second half. And the issue is when you play some games like you're going to have coming up, there's a lot of people who are going to come in and stuff it down your throat. And you're going to look at a 30-point deficit going into the half if you don't have your shit together. Yeah. So these guys really need to learn how to put it on in the beginning and then take that and ride it out. I think there's way too much like slow-moving machine until you finally get warmed up. And I do feel like, again, this looked like this again against BYU today. Yeah. <clears throat> there's a few little changes of, you know um, – you know, who's taking the lead. There's a few of those lead changes in this game, but ultimately when you look at the overall game, the Bearcats really didn't start getting in rhythm until like the 10 minute mark of the second half. Yeah. You got to find a way to do that a little bit sooner. Well, tonight, I will say though, tonight kind of reminds, sorry, man, go ahead. No, uh, okay. I will say though, John Newman has come out and proven himself as the absolute bona fide leader of this team. When we really need a bucket to like stop their run John went in and did that when we needed to get a stop and like get a turnover and get a bucket in transition. John did that and he has impressed me so much this year. Like it would, he is just going to continue. He's, to he's, he, well, he's healthy. Yeah, he's healthy. He's, he's finally healthy and he, he's playing, he's doing his thing. I love it. And he's going to be so important to the Bearcats down the stretch and he's just going to continue to get better. In my opinion, it's good. It's going to be, it's going to be a fun team to watch. That's the part that hurts me the most is because I can guarantee you that if he was healthy last year, this team wins a few more games and makes a tournament. For sure. Yeah, for sure. You know, you're kind of against the AAC. Yeah. yeah. It, what it reminds me of that tonight, I kind of remember back when uh, UC first joined the Big East. I can't remember who it was against. It was either Pittsburgh or Georgetown. Where they had this statement win where they just got to the conference. It was, you know, coming from what was, oh, God, what was the conference they were in before the Big East? What the hell was it? Um, Great Midwest? Yeah. Conference USA is the Big East. You're like, well, there's Conference USA team in the Big East. They get that statement win, and from there, it kind of felt like, okay, here we go. You know, it's like stepping up against the big boys. And this team, we haven't been the same UC for a few years now. And here we are. This is a staple win. Feeling good. Get the guys some confidence. Jizzle James looks good. Day-Day Thomas concerns me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. 
Um, <laughs> been there, done that on this one. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I will. I will defend Day Day. He has been more consistent than he has been inconsistent. In my opinion, I'm looking at like all the games so far. He's been more consistent than he has been inconsistent. I understand the concerns towards him, but I, I get it. I talked about me, but that but tonight I, when they were up ten and he had that th- a foul on the three, I almost lost my mind. I'm like, you have to know the situation there. Cannot have. <laughs> but also, like, I mean, the refs, like, the refs were inconsistent on what they were calling as fouls all game. Yeah. As a, as a player, you don't really know like what you like if that's going to be called a foul. That's a part of it, but I get it. I understand. Yeah, it. but I, I think Kent. I think. John, Day Day, Jizzle, and Dan are going to be the four like key players this year, in my opinion. Dan looked good tonight too. I was I was impressed because he sometimes he's a little uh, frenetic on the court. Like he kind of like he looks like he's kind of all over the place. So like Dan, Dan, get your head in the game a little bit, man. Um, he, I think I think he, he he gets caught up trying to do too much yeah. sometimes, and I think that I think that's fine. He's a sophomore. Exactly. He's a sophomore. It's hard to believe. I know. Who, uh, who really only like started playing competitive basketball a couple of years ago? If we really think about it, if yeah. He, if he just continues to grow, he's going to be a huge part of it. And Jizzle's just going to continue to get better the more minutes he gets. Day mm-hmm. Day will finally settle down in these big games, and then John is John. Like what? What? What game is it against Evansville when John just quietly had 16 points? Was our leading scorer? Like nobody really talked about him the whole game, and then it's like, oh wow, he was our leading scorer. Yeah. He like th- those four dudes are going to be. The, are going to be the biggest parts of this team. I'm telling you. Yep. Has nothing to do with Aziz or Vic either. Well, no, I'm not saying it. I'm not know, saying I'm that they're not going to be a big part of it. I'm just saying, like, Vic, like, we know we know who Vic is. We know what he is. We know Aziz is going to come into his own and do his thing. But I think Jizzle's development, I think Day-Day's comfortability with the D1 level ball, Dan settling down a little bit, realizing he doesn't need to be the denier and just play his game. And then John stepping up in that leader position is going to be what makes this team a really good team. Man came up with a thesis sentence. Look at that. You could tweet that out right there. I like basketball, man. I like studying basketball. <laughs> I don't know a whole lot about football, so I can't talk about it. But I know I know basketball for the most part. And I really think that Dan, his senior year, is going to be a phenomenal player. And just being in the Big 12 is going to make him even better, especially this year. Absolutely, man. Anybody else got anything for us? Uh, I know that this is uh, – we're getting to a late hour. It's probably, uh, what, one eighteen for the rest of you. It's twelve eighteen for me here in Central Time, God's Time. Anybody else got anything else? Hey, I'm a U of H guy. I just wanted to say I saw that y'all had gotten the win today. I want to say congrats. It's good to see UC doing well. Um, you know, it. I, I, I love those when, – when we were kind of slowly trying to get uh, uh, coming on the up, and um, you know, y'all had Cumberland and all that. That that those games were so much fun, and seeing you seeing Cincinnati, you know, potentially with West Miller come back with those. I mean, the, the, those are fun games. Whenever it's those black and blue type stuff with with uh, between Houston and Cincinnati. So, but with how physical things can get. So, I just want to say congrats to y'all, and please beat the shit out of Horn on uh, next week. And so yeah, we will beat the shit out of Texas, but it won't be for you guys. Well, <laughs> I, I do hate Houston. I do respect you guys. I just hate Houston, but we will beat Texas. 
Why the hate toward us? I don't. Uh, what what Man, did we do, y'all guys? You, you we didn't reach it. We have super respect for Cincinnati. Like I a know, ton I of respect have, for I y'all. Respect, I have respect for Houston. I have no. more respect for Houston than I do for Xavier. That's why I don't like you guys so much. There's more respect. You gotta. You gotta just know, man. You guys have had us on a absolute dry spell of watching our team get close and lose, or just get absolutely blown out time and time again. This was a very one-sided rivalry, and now it has become a very one-sided rivalry, and it is only on the side of Houston. And Cincinnati fans know that when they play Houston every single game, they firmly expect to lose, and that expectation is met with confidence every single time we play Houston. So there's a lot of people in Cincinnati who don't like Houston, but I, for one, for Viva La Cats, and myself speaking, I respect the shit out of Houston, and I love Kelvin Sampson. I think he's a great coach. I love what they're building over there. I just hate every single one of the players. I, I'm a, I gotta jump in for a minute. I respect the hell out of Houston. They're a phenomenal team. I don't love Kelvin Sampson, though. I do think Houston's a phenomenal team. Kelvin Sampson's always been kind of a, a little bit of a shady dude, in my opinion, but, but I do think Houston's a heck of a team, though. I, I agree. I, I respect Houston. I respect everything that they've done. I just I don't like the fact that they have owned the the Bearcats for the past couple of years. They've it irritates me to no end. But I do respect Ryan, the hell out of them. Ryan, we, we can like we can we can like you and hate Houston and they can be separate things, buddy. That's yeah. fine. Oh, I get you. <laughs> I get you, man. Uh, hey, hey, I, I, I was just wanting to say congrats to y'all. I'm happy to see uh Thanks. you know you see getting the win today and um yeah, I uh, God, I want I, after, especially after UT losing to Tech, which is glorious. Um, I, I'd love to see you know y'all kind of beat the snot out of them at fifth third. So yeah, anyway, yeah, y'all have a good hey, one. Listen, hey, I, 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 I want Houston and Cincy to run the Big Twelve. That's what I want. I, I want that. Houston and Cincy to run the Big Twelve because we yeah. are the most storied basketball programs aside from Kansas. Kansas people would lose their minds if that happens, and it would right. be hilarious. I don't care because if you really think about it, these are the th- three of the most storied programs in ba- in college basketball history. People don't look at it that way, but that's what it is. Hey, well, guys, we've talked into the absolute sun uh, now under a very full moon uh, on tonight's game. So I'm going to round it off here, but I will say this much. Cincinnati. Welcome to the Big 12. Texas, we hope that we kick your ass on the way out, and we hope everybody else kicks you in the ass on your way out, too. With all that said, thank you all for joining us tonight. It has been an absolute pleasure having everybody on. It's been awesome to get some new faces in here. Of course, awesome to have the familiar ones here as well. So if you're not already following us, make sure to follow us. And if you're not already listening to our weekly episodes, make sure to check those out. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, every single platform you can think of. You can name it. We're on it. We're also on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, everything under the sun there. So make sure to check us out and stick with us. Uh, we try to cover Bearcats as much as we can. And we like to keep it light and fun, but we also, we're diehards, so we keep it honest too. So again, thank you guys for joining. We're really excited about this. Bearcats snag a win over number 12 BYU. Number two in the net rankings, BYU, on the road in Provo, 71-60. to 60. That's all, folks. Good night. Go Bearcats. Have a good night. Go Bearcats. Biggest win in West Miller's career. Let's go, baby. Absolutely. Night, folks. 
Sports Social Podcast Network.